0: Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So we're going to continue on um, in our series uh, entitled The Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to take from Matthew 7:15 today, and so if you want to turn there, we'll kind of get there in just a minute. Um, just want to say a couple of things, many of you, if you're not on our, if you're watching online and, and right now as well, but if you're not on our communication, so we send out e-newsletters and things like that, if you're not on that and you didn't get anything from us, um, we're going to be a special thing. You can find out more about it on our website, information, th- link's right there, but somebody asking about different things like, why is Pastor Jody doing a town hall? What does that have to do with anything? Well, I figured everybody else is doing one. I thought I'd just do one too, you know. I guarantee you mine will probably be better than theirs anyway, so you, you might want to come be a part of it. Um, But I really did because so many people have so many questions today about so many different things going on, and there's a lot of people that have thought thought and said things and and said different things about what I think, what I believe, and, you know, half the stuff people say is not even true. And it's amazing how people will say things and talk about things and give people what your opinion is without even asking you what it is. That's always been an amazing thing to me, and I just thought throughout this season, this has been a very trying uh, season for all of us, but for me as a pastor particularly, I've seen the... I've seen the best of the best and the worst of the worst in and, and the, the whole thing. And so I just thought, well, if you had questions, you want to come out and hear. And uh, I'll share a couple of things, and then we'll ask, you know, let you ask questions if you want to. Um, if you want my opinion instead of other people's opinion, if you want to hear about what I think, what our church thinks, where we stand on different things, you can come out and be a part of that. I just figured instead of letting other people talk about it, why don't I just say it, and then that way you'd know for sure. Get it straight from the horse's mouth. That's what we say, you know, when you're on a farm, right? Get it straight from the horse's mouth. So, anyway, just thought it'd be kind of fun to do, especially right before elections are here. And uh, so, again, you know, we told you to encourage you, if you hadn't already voted, most of you probably already have. Anyway, um, just just pray for our nation, uh, because in about three weeks, it's going to be over. You understand that, right? Pray to God that this mess chills out and that our country can actually come together and, like, actually be civil again. It'd be great to see that. So, anyway... Uh, as a Christian, that's the best thing you can do, by the way, anyway. I know it's, voting is important, but the most important thing you can do is pray for our nation. That is the most important thing you can do. And if you think voting is the most important thing you can do, you're wrong. I'm just saying. The most important thing you can do is pray for your nation. So, anyway, I'll share some things on that night. You just come be a part of that, and we'll have a good time. So, today I want to share from Matthew 7, and uh, we'll look at Verse 15. <clears throat> And so this is a very interesting thing. Jesus, again, this is Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus preached this. I, I'm just taking the context from what he talked about. Sermon on the Mount, greatest message ever preached by the greatest preacher that ever preached. Again, I, I've said that every week. But Matthew 7:15, he starts talking about false prophets and wolves in sheep's clothing and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's always been intriguing to me when you read this. You go, man, what, I mean, like, you know, yeah, they had Pharisees back then. So we we know there was issues then. But like today, we don't have that today, do we? I mean, that's. That's kind of what you think when you read it. You're like, well, I could see those Pharisees. That had to be who he's talking about, right? But today, we surely don't have those kind of things going on. And so it kind of reminded me of, um, I've never seen this movie. I've tried a couple of times, but I'm, I'm determined to see it through, you know. But there's a movie called Dances with Wolves, and that's kind of what I titled this, so it may help you remember this. But Dances with Wolves, it's got Kevin Costner in it. it was one of his, original. Uh, really, it's probably one of the, ones that the movies that really set him forward as not only an actor, but a director. Dances with Wolves is a very interesting movie in that it also kind of caused a resurgence with westerns, more modern westerns and things like that that came along after the 90s. But Academy Awards, Oscars, all this kind of, it's an amazing film apparently. I've only gotten through about a portion of it because it's like three and a half hours long. You know, and I'm just a little bit too, like, distracted. You know, for me, I'm like, how long can you just hang out on the wolves, you know, and just the fire is there. There's some buffalo. I mean, you know, I get bored. I'm like... Oh, man, y'all need some more stuff happening in this movie. But I guess, you know, I'm going to try my best to kind of go through it. So I read an introduction of, of what this movie is all about. And so it, it kind of struck me. So the guy is, is basically a Union Army soldier, okay? He's fighting for the Union, fighting against the Confederacy. And he gets injured, has an injury on in his foot. And this is not a spoiler alert. This is just a simple overview of what's taking place. There's much more in the movie. But um, it's based upon a book. It's not a true story, but some, some similarities in it maybe. Well, he's a he's a union soldier and he gets injured and the injury apparently is gonna be bad enough to where it's gonna pretty much cost him his foot or his leg or something. He's not any longer gonna be the man that he once was. And he you know, he's been fighting all this time, he's he's done all this duty, he's, he's he's served his country well, he's fighting against slavery, you know. Very brave guy. And he thinks to himself, I guess, you know, man, this is not right. I was planning on going back home and plowing fields and farm and do whatever and have a family. I don't know, and now all that's gonna be gone. And so I you know, I guess the the the, the the stress of the whole situation gets to him. He takes off on his horse across the enemy lines, in front of the enemy lines. The Confederacy sees him. They start taking shots at him. They miss him completely. You know, his, his astonishment is like, what, you know, what happened? The Union sees it. They take advantage of it and say, well, the whole distraction is this crazy man on a horse, you know, riding through there. He's like, what's he doing? Well, they take advantage of it and take the, the area, take the hill, if you will, take the, the region and, and take that area. He's now a hero. He goes from a zero to a hero. You know what I mean? Like just automatically, he's the man. Now he gets medical treatment. He's he's been given this whole thing. Man, you're you're a great hero for us. Where, what would you where would you like to be posted? He says, "Man, I want to go to the frontier." Why do you want to go out there, man? There's nothing out there but dust and buffalo. And he said, "I want to go out there because I want to see it before it's gone." Oh, it, it just makes that an Academy Award moment. You can just hear the the nominees. You know, as they as they hear this this phrase, and so he. He goes out there. Now, this is the interesting thing about the movie. And I'm reading this thinking, the irony of how we think, you know, sometimes. He's fighting for the Union Army who's against slavery and fighting to free people who can't do anything for themselves. Only to find that as he gets out to the plains of America and begins to get around the Sioux Indian tribes and the other tribal people out there, he sees that the Native Americans are being forced off their land murdered by the very army that he is with. And I thought, how crazy must that have been? I know it's a movie, just think about it. Have you ever been a part of a group that was so for what you was for that you were like, man, this is my people, this is my group, this is my club, this is everything, yes, 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 only to get into it deeper and find out Whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all are for that? Now, wait a minute, I'm not for that. I've been fighting alongside you the whole time, thought we was helping people get freedom and delivered. And now all of a sudden, wait a minute, you're running people off? Wait a minute. How is it that, you know, you can be with one group so strong and then in the middle of that they can be against something or before something that you're totally against? And I don't know if this is why they call it Dances with Wolves, but I took this idea and decided to make a message out of it. Jesus said this, watch, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. So here's a question this morning. Would you know it, different application, would you know it if you were really dancing with a wolf? Or do you think it's just everybody's a sheep? Now I'm sure in here everybody's like, "Eh, you know, you all good. I'm sure everybody's good. you watch watching online, I'm sure everybody. But I can assure you that Jesus wouldn't have said this is if it weren't true. Jesus said, verse 16, you're going to know them by their fruits, okay? Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit. <laughs> but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Watch this, verse 19. He's actually taken this out of a message from John the Baptist. You go back and read it later. I'm going to actually quote it later, but... Verse 19 says, every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, we were this week on our farm, and we were cutting down some limbs. We just, things had just overgrown. So yesterday we were cutting out a bunch of limbs and cutting down stuff, and we got a pile of stuff. And what do you do with dead limbs that fall from your tree or the, the hedge clippings that you do? What do you do? You put them in a pile. Unless you're in a subdivision, you got a little container you can throw it in. That's kind of nice. But if you're out in the country somewhere, what do you do? You, you, you throw it in a big pile, and you burn it. Now, a lot of people say this has to do with hell. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. The point is, a useless branch, a limb that is no longer producing or doesn't produce right, or if it's a thorn or a thistle, where does it go? It goes into the fire. It's not any good. So he says, then you will know them by their fruits. So he's, he's giving an illustration saying, look, you know your wise people. That's what he's saying. You know what a thorn bush is. You know briars. You know, these things hurt. They're not fun. Weeds, nobody likes them. You understand what this is. Why do you get Roundup out and miracle Grow? You put miracle Grow on your fruit trees and the things you want to grow that are pretty, and you spray the Roundup on those sneaking weeds that come up through the, the sidewalk. Cra- it's crazy how strong a weed can be. You know how to do that. So Jesus says, you know the difference when you see the fruit. So then he says, you will know them by the fruits. Verse 21, now, now, now listen... For, Very carefully, everybody watching online and in the room. Not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. This is Jesus saying, this is not Jody. Many people will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, did we not cast out demons? And in your name did we not perform many miracles? And then I, Jesus said, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. That's a mouthful. I don't know what that makes you feel like when you hear that, but that's a mouthful of Bible to me. Obviously, if you're a Christian, when you come to Christ, it is not talking about you being a perfect person. Cause there's not a perfect person in here, and they'll just look at the person sitting next to you, or across the aisle from you, or maybe you know three rows away from you. Just look at them for a moment. Take a look. Go ahead, and just look. Look around the room. What you're seeing right now is imperfection. I don't care how cute they are sitting next to you. It don't matter. It's imperfection. At our very best right now, this is probably it. This is at our very best right now. We just was worshiping Jesus. We're sitting still and This is probably the best we got. But you know as well as I do, some of y'all thinking about your grocery list, you're thinking about who you got to call, you still mad because Georgia lost. Hey, listen, all I'm looking at is this way. Here, here's what I got to say to all of us who are Georgia fans, that 2020 is shaping up to be more normal than it was before when we started. Because the Falcons are losing and Georgia, we can't win in the fourth quarter, so everything is getting back to normal, you know what I'm saying? If we had won, you might have looked out, I thought some aliens are coming in maybe taking over or something next, but... 2020 is shaping back up, baby. It's shaping up. I'm not disappointed. I hate it, but but I'm not disappointed. It looks like the year's getting back to normal, you know? But the thing is, Jesus is saying, if you're saved, you're a Christian, nobody's perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Online, listen to me. You're going to make mistakes. Everybody's going to make mistakes. That's not perfection. He's saying, though, you're going to know by the fruit what you really are. And he's given an interesting illustration by talking about casting out demons, prophecy, and miracles. Apparently... Just because you can cast out a demon doesn't mean you're a follower of Christ. Just because you can work a miracle doesn't mean that's going to get you into heaven. Just because you can give a word of prophecy and speak words of knowledge to people doesn't mean that that is your ticket in. And Jesus isn't against miracles, and I'm not against any of these things either, but Jesus, obviously, because he gave prophetic words, he cast out devils and he did miracles. So we know he's not against this stuff, but he's saying, apparently, that might be more gifting than it is fruit. And you don't judge people. You don't look at who they are based on their gifting. Jesus said, you'll know them by what? Their, let's say it out loud, don't be afraid, say it out loud, their fruit, not their gifting. See, there's a difference. When you stand up here and do what I'm doing right now, listen, this is gifting. Talk to Haley when I get done and ask her if I'm like this all the time. No. I'm a guy. I'm just a guy. But it's funny. When you get into this, you it's just interesting and it's fun and it's exciting. And it's all you can hear the Lord you just share, And you just man, you say that you know, you like, oh man, that was good. Even when you leave, you say, Man, I, I know I didn't say that. That had to be Jesus. It's really awesome, but that is gifting. That is not fruit. Because anybody can shape up a nice little message. Anybody can put something together and make it sound real good. Anybody, man, listen, apparently what he said, anybody can work a miracle, do words of prophecy, cast out demons, and it might not be what you think it is. So Jesus said, don't be looking at gifting, look at the fruit. Why is this so important? Because if you don't know who it is in the clothes that you're following, They will deceive you if you're not on your guard. So he said they come in sheep's clothing. And this is interesting. This is the gifting, if you will. The sheep's clothing is is the same kind of thing that Elijah would have worn. It's a mantle. Sheep's clothing. It was called himolete. I can't, forgive me, my Hebrew, I don't know Hebrew. So it's the best I got for you. But it's a sheepskin mantle. It's the same thing Elijah would have worn. And Jesus said, be careful that you don't see someone with gifting and overlook what kind of fruit are they producing. Paul said in 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen, 13, there's men who are false apostles, not just false prophets, but false apostles. And he said, these are deceitful workers. They disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder for Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. Now, let me just thought a little something to you. Y'all know as well as I do, if you had been in that garden, you know, and you've seen the storyline and you read it, you're going, Why? Did they even get to the fruit? Because anybody I know, except for my friend Jason, he's helped me a lot with with the snake category in my life. But for the majority of my life, had I seen a snake anywhere, I don't care if it's a rat, a corn, all the non-poisonous snakes, you know, all the, the ones that don't kill you. I don't care. It looks like a snake. It moves like a snake. To me, it's a rattlesnake, venomous, devilish viper. It needs to die. You know what I'm saying? All snakes deserve to die. Chop them off, burn them with a torch, whatever you got, man. Shoot them. I don't care. Oh, my friend Jason helped me understand. No, listen, man, some of them are good. Rat snakes around your barn, not so bad. Cause you know why? They may not scare you, but they keep the rats away. Not a bad thing. You know, is anybody else like that with snakes besides me? I mean, most of y'all like, ah, that's not Ah, it's just creepy. I I see you, sis. You still got your up. Yeah. Amen. Like, I'm going to let you know for sure. All right. Why was Eve and Adam, because he's right there beside her, why are they having a conversation with a rattlesnake? You ever thought about it? Any normal human sees a snake, except for my friend Jason. He probably, let me get that for you. i just get out of the way. He's not afraid at all of snakes. It's crazy. Most of us go, ah! 20 feet away, and we're still like, you got it? You got it? Why were they? I'm going to tell you why. Because it wasn't a rattlesnake that was talking to him. He can disguise himself as an angel of light. And most commentaries, when you read this, they talk about this that probably more than anything, he was built beautiful. God created him as a beautiful worshiper. He had diamonds and gems and all these beautiful things that, oh, he's such a, he can deceive so easily. So they had a conversation, maybe not with a rattlesnake. might have been something a little more glamorous. I don't know. But nonetheless, he can disguise himself. In Revelation 13, 11, it says, I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns. Watch this, like a lamb. So he looked like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. Do you know? Can you spot a wolf in sheep's clothing? Part of what feeds this, let me tell you what part of this feeds this is why. Because it's when, <clears throat> when this false thing is fed, it's because it's what people want. I hate to say this; we don't want to hear it, but this is true. When people want what they want, they overlook things to get what they want. Isaiah thirty says this in verse nine: For this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, "You must not see visions," and to the prophets. You must not prophesy to us what is right. Speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy illusions. It means don't give us the truth. Just, just sugarcoat it. That's what we call it, right? Just sugarcoat it. Don't, don't make it. I don't want to hear the truth. Just give me enough to where I feel good about myself, but don't don't step on my toes, man, you know? That's what he's saying. And so, God, in Romans 1 we'll put up on this is a message, but it says this that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. They did the things which are uncommon. They did the things which they wanted to do. He gave them over to themselves to do the things that were ungodly. And the message, it says it like this. We'll put it on the screen for you. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. And then he says, and all hell broke loose rampant evil, grabbing and grasping, vicious backstabbing. Isn't that true? When we refuse to acknowledge God, he just says, okay. And the, the thing about these, these individuals that Jesus is talking about here is they disguise themselves. And if we're not wise as Christians, they can deceive you. And one of the ways they disguise themselves is because of the focus of their ministry. It's gifting. Oh, man, listen, it's gifting. Oh, if I can do this, people stand back and look like, whoo, Man. Awesome. yeah but do you live with them so you really don't know their fruit oh but they got to be awesome because they can do really because just because you can do doesn't mean you really are based on what jesus is saying sometimes we overlook things paul says this if i could do miracles prophesy have faith that can move all the mountains he says, man but i don't have what all that is gifting over here what is some of the fruit of the spirit love. Paul said, you can have gifting, but if you don't have fruit, what am I? I am nothing. James says this, this is pure and undefiled religion. One twenty-seven. James one twenty-seven. in the sight of God our Father is this, to visit orphans, widows in their distress, and keep oneself unstained by the word. Listen, you may never do a miracle, you may never do a healing, you may never give a word of prophecy, you may never do anything that's like, whew, look at that. But the Bible says, if you take care of those in need, if you help widows, orphans, visit the poor, if you keep yourself unstained by the world, he says, man, that is pure religion. That is something right there that is so precious. That means you are, that's pretty awesome. You know, my hands are clean, don't worry. i have washed my hands. <clears throat> so Jesus, obviously, again, wasn't against miracles, but he said it's by their fruit they're known, not their gifting. This is what Matthew Henry says, you know I love Matthew Henry, great commentary. It's kind of hard to read sometimes if you're not you know used to some of the way that they talk back then. But he's just a great commentary to me. He says grapes may hang upon a thorn, and so may a good truth, a good word, or a good action be found in a bad man. But you can be sure it never grew there. That that was better than what you. I think y'all just like. well, You put two and two is four. Let me read it to you again. Grapes may hang on a thorn, so may a good truth, a good word or action be found in a bad man, but you can be sure it never grew there. There, There's these things that we go like, I'm just shocked. Why would they do that? Why are we so shocked all the time? Because that which is on the inside is what eventually comes out on the outside. You know, if you hit me, if my thumb, if I'm hammering something and I'm missing, I hit my thumb, I'm gonna probably let something come out. My first thought's gonna be something that shouldn't come out. I'm not the only one. Don't <laughs> nervous laugh like you holy. You ain't, I know. If you hit it hard enough, you might, if if you if, if if you hadn't, you know, the Lord hadn't gotten a hold of you, you know, in a sense and that hadn't changed. It changed over time but that that what you thought actually might come out. And then you're like, I I didn't mean it. Yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah, you did. We all do. What we do comes out of the abundance of the heart. The Bible says the what? The mouth speaks. So until we let the Lord change some of the stuff on the inside of us, we're never going to fix the outside. I can change my language. I can talk real pretty in front of y'all, make things sound real great, whatever. But listen, the real me, the real me isn't from 10 to 12 on Sunday morning. Because we all got our stuff together right now. Do we not? Yeah, we do. Y'all looking holy. Everybody's looking online right now. Listen, you're looking all holy online. Right? You, just, uh, you just, man, I'm typing up Jesus scriptures and I'm posting stuff. And, oh, the message is great. And preach it, Pastor Joey. Yeah, but you don't do that the rest of the time. You don't sit at your house all the time going, man, boy, that was a great message by Pastor. No, you got bills to pay, kids to feed, houses to fix. you got all kinds of stuff to do, right? So things go... You're not like this every day of the week. That real you comes out in about, mm, about 35 minutes. Matter of fact, right about now, about five minutes, some of y'all thinking like, mm, it's about time for you to wrap it on up anyway because <laughs> some of the real you's coming out in it right now. Right now it is. See, we, we, we can put it on as best we want to in here, but what really matters is what's in us, it comes out out there. I got a pecan tree, a couple of them at our house. First year, can you believe it? All these years, no pecans. Finally, this year, pecans. I thought for sure it was a dud. I thought, man, somebody sold us a pecan tree. This thing is not, it ain't a pecan. They put a sticker on it. it it's just a wild thing from the woods. Got pecans now. Got a pear tree, too. It's always got pears. Got pears everywhere. You need pears? You know, man, we got pears. It's crazy. But I never go to the pecan tree looking for pears. I'm never confused by the fact that there are no pears on the pecan tree. Huh! Why are there no pears on the pecan tree? And I never go to my pear tree going like, there's pears! Why? So many pears! It's a pear tree. I'm never confused by that. Do you know why? Because I know what to expect from that tree. Jesus said in your life, I know what to expect out of you. The fruit of the Spirit is what I'm looking for, not the gifting of the Spirit. Nothing wrong with the gifting of the Spirit. God wants to do that. But the Bible is very clear about this. When it comes to gifting, it's as the Spirit wills. He can put stuff on you, and you be able to do stuff with His stuff on you, and your fruit not be very good at all. So why would God do that? Well, you'd have to ask him some of those questions. That's a, another mess for another time. You think about Saul? Think about David? Think about all these different people in the Bible. It's very apparent that you could have God on you to do stuff, but not have fruit that represents who God is. So why do we need to know this? Why is it important you to know if you're dancing with wolves or not? Because they can deceive you. And listen, Jesus said, I'm the truth. And look, deception only works on the untrained. This is why Jesus is so clear about discipleship. Why it's so important for you to know this right here. So that you're not fooled by fancy and and really, ooh, wow, look at that. Because if you know this, you're not moved by that. You go, well, that's gifting. But is it God? Where's God in? Jesus said this, that in Matthew 24, he said that there's going to be times when miracle signs, false Christ and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders so as to mislead what is very elect if possible. So again, is he against signs, miracles and wonders? No, he's not. Jesus did more than anybody. The Bible says in John that if, if the books were to be written, there would not be enough paper and ink to print the miracles that Jesus did. He is not against miracles. Absolutely not. What he's saying is, don't let that be your litmus test to who the person really is. Look and see, is there fruit? Do you see love, joy, peace? Do you see in the fruit of the Spirit gentleness? Do you see mercy right now? Mercy. God God help us all. We, We could really use more mercy with one another right now, don't you think? That is a fruit of the Spirit. And when we rebel against that and we say, no, I refuse. I think everybody's crazy and this person, that. No, no, no. Mercy says, I don't understand and I don't agree. I'm not, I'm but putting that in the hands of God. Mercy. So this morning, why would Jesus go through this teaching? Why would he talk about this? Because the enemy, I think, is always trying to get us to try to look at something sometimes it goes like man look at this look at this look at this and tries to get us into something new, you know and i know that the bible says the lord says behold i'm doing a new thing obviously god does do new things he does new seasons and everything else but a lot of times god says go back and remember the things which i've shown you remember who i am remember my faithfulness many many times john 14 26 says this that the holy spirit The Holy Spirit, my helper, the Holy Spirit, the helper, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus said, he'll teach you all things. And watch this. He'll bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. It's very important to understand this, that the Bible is not something, a book of do's and don'ts. It can be if that's what you want it to be. But it's more of a guidebook on principles. And God uses this to help us, to grow us, to teach us, to develop us. And when you know this, you're not moved by things that look like, sheep, they bat like a sheep, they walk like a sheep, but you can't tell the difference because underneath that sheep's clothing I see some paws, a gray hairy paw. And and why is that sheep so weird looking the way he walks? When you know this you see it, It's, it's clearer to you, you're not moved by it. When you don't know this, Jesus said they can deceive the very elect if possible. That's how good the enemy is. So this morning, i want to remind you of a couple of things and then I'll let you go. The Lord's name, Jehovah, has numerous meanings. And in the Bible, he always tells you to remember him and his name. Remember who he is. He doesn't say, you know, God is funny. He doesn't try to come up with new things when it comes to who he is. He is who he is. You know what I'm saying? He's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God that sees you where you are and provides for you. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord that heals. He's Jehovah Ra, which the Egyptians, say stole it and had this false god called Ra. God says R-A-A-H. The Lord is the shepherd. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's your peace. He's Jehovah Sitkanu. He's your righteousness. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's your banner. He goes before you, man. Fights for you. He's Jehovah Shema. He is... Always, ever present. You can take those names and there's others, but you can take those names right there and, and pull those out and find pretty much everything in the Bible about God just in those names. He is who He says He is. And the Bible says, I do not change. I'm the Lord that God. I don't change. You can trust me. I will be there. I will be the foundation and the rock that you need, man. Yet If you see something out there, that's great. But always go back and ask yourself, where's the fruit in it? where's the fruit in it? Is it God? Look for the Lord in it. Don't be deceived by stuff. Find the Lord in it. So this morning, why don't you close your eyes and bow your head there for a moment. Just right We are, I to pray for you. Those online right now, you're watching at home, or maybe you're watching in another place, another location. I want to pray for you right now. You're there, and man, you know, you say, hey, Pastor Jody, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think I'm a Christian I'm pretty sure I'm saved but I, I don't know for sure I, I'm not real certain um, and hearing you talk today a little bit about the the words that Jesus said I want to I want to pray a prayer today I want to commit my life to Christ whether you're in this room or you're at home right now or watching somewhere else just pray this prayer with me right now you just pray and follow along in any way that um, as you're praying out your heart to God you just say dear Jesus I come to you today and I do give you my heart and I give you my life Father I I I say to you today that I need you. I ask you to forgive me, to cleanse me. And Lord, I ask you to save me. And Lord, I understand that you said that if I call upon your name, if I believe in my heart, confess with my mouth that you are Lord, that I shall be saved. So I believe I am saved in Jesus' name. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 If you pray that prayer, would you just come on? Give my hand right now. We're so proud of them. Would you <clears throat> so proud, so proud of you online right now as well, man. Listen to our pastors are on there right now to give you some information that you can fill out and help you get started walking with God. It simply says connect.cornerstonerom.com. If you're in the room, the same thing is available to you. We just want to help you get started walking with God. and man, if you need discipleship materials, you need help walking with God and moving forward in your walk with Christ, we want to help you with that. So be sure to take a moment to fill that out. And man, especially, 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 if you pray that prayer, man, we want to help you get started and get started walking with Jesus. Well, as always, before we go, I always love to pray this over our church or speak this over our church, this blessing. And you know, Again, going back to this is, this is been doing this for years, not trying to look for something new because man, this is so beautiful right here. But in Numbers chapter six and verse 24, it says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. Man, that's our prayer for you today. Man, God bless you guys so much. We love you. We'll see you next time.